And now for a taste of things to come. A great slam and then stop. It's on. It's time for the new Game On podcast. We're celebrating our favorite games. Falcon Punch! Mamma mia! Finish him! It's a little bit of the old. You're good, but I'm better. A little bit of the new. I am assuming direct control. And everything in between. But enough talk! How about you? Let's get things started. Get more from your gaming habit with Jeff Johnson. Game on! Game on! Game on! And it's the new Game On Podcast. I am Jeff Johnson, and thank you once again for joining us for another week's episode. This time, we are not talking about the top 100 games I've ever played, Liz. Yes, that's in the past. All four parts are available to listen to. You can find them on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash GameOnGNT. You can also find them on JJ Plays Everything, our Spreaker, and a whole slew of other podcast networks that we're now a part of, thanks to Anchor, which I can't even remember all of them to sort of uh, list them off here. But if it's a podcasting network, we're probably on it. In any case, welcome to episode 9. we got a couple of games to talk about. It's a bit of a return to normalcy this week as we talk about quite a few different games. Uh, right off the bat, the first game we're going to be talking about this week is a game that's taking up the lion's share of my time these days, and that's uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete. Uh, yes, we're actually going to be talking about Digimon this episode, so that's going to be coming up. We'll also be touching on the Awesome P games with Awesome P2 coming out next month, and we're looking at Amazing Tales once again as we talk about the new expansion they released, uh, Captain Kadaba's Treasure. So we'll be talking about that a little bit later on in the show. Right now, let's jump into it. Let's talk about Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete. And I just realized I'm going to have to try to say that every single time I say that title. So this should be interesting. All right. So basically, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth first released back in February 2016-ish, give or take. And since then, a sequel to the game has been released called Hacker's Memory. Both of those games were bundled together into a complete edition that was released for the Nintendo Switch in October last year. And that's the game that I've been playing now for easily the last month. So basically, while we've been having all these different parts of the uh, top 100 games I've played list, I've been playing that game. Long story short, Cyber Sleuth is basically a Digimon game done like a Pokemon game. You can capture various Digimon by encountering them in battles and building up the capture gauge. And once that gauge hits 100%, so usually about four or five different battles with a Digimon, you'll have collected the data on that one and be able to hatch it out of an egg in the Digimon lab. Altogether, this game has 341 different Digimon. So nowhere near as many Digimon as, say, like the Pokemon games, how they have like 800 different monsters. But... 341 different ones that you can capture. Uh, it goes through all the different ranks that you see in the show, like uh, Rookie, Champion, Ultimate, Mega, and in this case, the Ultra Class, which, honestly, I had never heard of that until this game. Now, if you watch the show when you were a kid, you can expect to see a lot of the old favorites here. Uh, part of the story, you've got Agumon and Gabumon as part of it. There's also Palmon and the like. 
Plus, there's a bunch of new ones you may have never seen before that have been introduced in later series. I know for myself, I watched up to about season four of uh, Digimon. I didn't go beyond that because I, I really sort of just sort of fell out with it at that point. It just wasn't my thing after that point. But I really did enjoy watching the show as a kid. And it was good to get a chance to sort of give these characters a go again in this type of a game. Also, a lot of the evil Digimon from the older series are in there too, so some of these names are going to go right over your head if you've never seen the Digimon show. But stuff like Myotismon, Piedmon, Puppetmon, Beelzemon, all those guys... We're going to be saying Mon a lot in this episode. Oh boy. Anyway, all those guys are available in the game and can be made a part of your party with a little work and just a little bit of evolving as you go. And now, basically, with this game, you can actually have three party members fight at a time. That's probably the key difference between this and, say, a Pokemon game. You have a three-member party, and then you've also got a back row of Digimon that you can switch out to, depending on how much memory space you have available to store them. Uh, Basically, each Digimon has a certain number, uh, a a certain amount of space that they'll take up in your party. It's sort of like having large size units and small size units. Depending on if, say, they're a rookie, there's probably two or three spaces they'll take up, whereas a mega will take up about 20 spaces. So you've got to sort of allot the amount of spaces you have available in your memory to use those. And typically that means you have like a party of about six or seven guys, three of them in the main party, and then the guys in the back you can switch to if you get into a situation where there's an elemental type you need to use that would work better on a boss or, say, a monster that you've come across. And here the battles are very much typical RPG fare. So Digimon in this game are using the moves they had on the show, plus uh, different uh, elemental moves that they get, like magic spells. And the moves, this is the thing that really sort of caught me as I'm playing this, it actually looks like the moves as they did in the show, which if you're a huge fan of the show or if you're a longtime fan just coming back to it, this is a huge plus because it gives the sort of look and feel of those battles in the show to the game. And there's also the Digifarm, where you can basically plop a bunch of your monsters, and basically that's where they'll go to train when they're not in your team. And there's also the main story of the game that's actually really engaging here. So if you can tough it out, though, through a slow start, and also endless fetch quests. So let's talk about some of these negative elements here. Like I just mentioned, there are fetch quests. There are lots of them in this game. Uh, sometimes what'll happen is you'll get a mission where a Digimon has lost their item and needs you to go find it somewhere on that dungeon floor. And that item is a glowing spark on the ground somewhere. And you got to go through the entire dungeon floor to try to find it. Or in some cases, it appears right beside the monster that you talk to who's looking for an item. Also, like, there's different, uh, basically different uh, cases you have to take on as part of this detective agency you're working for. And many of them just sort of end up working out to being, you're talking to a bunch of people, then you run to a different place and talk to a bunch of people, then you run to a different place and talk to a bunch of people. It goes on like that over and over. Got a bit of a garbage truck driving by here, if you're wondering what that noise is in the background. Anyway... Long story short, 
there's a lot of these little quests. And the, the, uh, the problem is some of these quests happen in confusing dungeons. So basically, if you remember the, uh, if I, the Team Rocket base where, where there was the all, all the warp panels in the old Pokemon games, like that, only a larger scale. And a lot of the time, it basically just made me give up playing for a little bit. Like, I'd be playing it into the night, and I can't find my way through a dungeon, so I just put the switch down and go to bed and come back to it the next day, and miraculously, I end up solving it. But there's a lot of times where you run into that, and it just gets frustrating. So, basically, if you plan to play this game, brace yourself, because there's going to be a lot of backtracking, a lot of dialogue... And all the game's story sequences are basically done like a visual novel. So there's a, quite a few times where I'm playing this game that I found the dialogue just tended to drone on. And it often repeated itself. So quite a bit of the times you're sitting there and it's just like, okay, come on, let's keep going. So if you're a younger player, expect to see the younger players in your household probably just skip a lot of the text which, unfortunately, is frustrating because a lot of the time, there's nuggets of information in those dialogue scenes that you need because prompts to get to the next part of the mission often are not clear. It's tricky to figure out exactly where you're going, especially if you're going from one place on the world map to the next. So that was one of those challenges that I ran into here. Now, that being said, it does have an engaging story at times. And when this game does hit its stride, it hits it like a freight train. Because there is a point right around the middle of the game where cutscenes start happening and story starts flowing and you do not want to put it down. Because some of the things that happen here are just complete... It completely catches you off guard and you're left thinking at that point, okay, what's going to happen next? So I just did not want to put this down when that happened. And that's the point where I just kept playing. And away I went. Now, if you are a longtime fan of the show, don't expect to see any of your favorite characters from the Digimon series. So, I mean, you're not going to see people like Ty, Izzy, Sora, and TK from the original series. None of the characters from the anime or the original shows make appearances here. Cyber Sleuth is its own story with its own characters. And the only thing that is the same between the two are the Digimon involved. Long story short, though, Digimon's story, Cyber Sleuth, is a game where the story has moments of greatness and great set pieces, but I found myself addicted to it largely for its battle system and the Digimon monsters evolving. And according to my Switch, I've spent over 190 hours on this game. That number is wrong. I'm just going to stress that right now. It is totally wrong because for some reason the clock keeps running when the system is in sleep mode. So that time is definitely not the total amount of time that I've spent playing this game. If I had to amount it, probably 50, 60 hours at this point. Maybe 70? But definitely not 190. Because there's been quite a few times where it's like, okay, I can't play right now, kids are awake, put it on sleep mode. And then I'd come back to it after, you know, spending time with them and getting them ready for bed. And, you know, three hours would go by. And then I'd come back in and save. And there go, all of a sudden, jacks up my time frame. So if you're somebody who wants to keep track of the time that you're playing and uses that time to keep track, it's going to be tricky to do it with this one. All in all, though, it's a good game. Uh, people who are longtime fans of Digimon will have more of a good time with it than someone who has no clue what Digivolving is all about. 
Uh, it's definitely a tricky one to sort of get into if you didn't know the series or if you didn't know the characters, like the Digimon Monsters, but it's definitely a fun game, I found, especially for myself, coming from that history of liking those games. Now, as for its placement on my top 100 games I've ever played list, yes, I'm going to be bringing this up quite a bit now. Honestly, it doesn't make the top 100, but it does deserve an an honorable mention in my book. I mean, if I've put this much time into it, if I filed 190 hours, as the Switch tells me, uh, and as it's caught the attention of all my kids as well, this has to mean something. So yeah, this game makes it onto the honorable mentions on my list. And if you're a Digimon fan, I'd pick it up. Coming up next, we go to a lighter game. We're going to be talking about Awesome P. I'm Jeff Johnson. This is the new Game On podcast. You're listening to Game On. Tremble in fear at our three different times of ships. Hey, this is Duke Nukem. When I'm not out saving the universe from mutant petty wastes, I'm listening to Game On. The new Game On podcast continues. Here's Jeff. And the new Game On podcast continues. I am Jeff Johnson, the host of Game On GNT. Uh, if you want to find us, you can find us on youtube.com slash game on GNT. You've also got uh, our podcast here on Spreaker. Obviously, if you're listening to us right now, you found us that way. And of course, you can find us on facebook.com slash game on GNT. Uh, we've also got our blog, JJ Plays Everything. So that's jjplaysEverything.wordpress.com. All right, we're going to be talking about an oddity in the collection. I first came across Awesome P as a prize one of my kids won at our local Extra Life Game Day in Cranbrook. Uh, basically, they got a download code for it, and they also got a code for the game Blood Waves, a zombie arena shooter that preteens aren't even allowed to play. Naturally here, obviously, with me having a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and a seven-year-old, Awesome P has seen some play, while Blood Waves has been left in the dust. Basically, what you get with Awesome P, you're playing as a smiling P. Yeah, (laughs) it's definitely an odd one, but hey, I mean, we've played games like Super Meat Boy, right? Guess this is the vegetarian version. Uh, Anyway, you're playing as this P in this Game Boy-styled game. Uh, Your goal is to run, jump, and double jump through levels, and you're collecting coins that you find along the way. And it sounds simple, it really does, And for my first time playing the game, I quickly realized, though, it's definitely not an easy-to-play experience for kids. Uh, I don't even know if my kids actually beat a level. Just uh, basically, you got to avoid quick-moving slow razor blades, uh, rotating spikes, uh, irritating enemies. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but picture Super Meat Boy if it was done for a Game Boy. Or something like the uh, Kaizo Mario Brothers games that you see run-throughs of on YouTube all the time. There is a lot of difficulty here, a lot of tricky timing and speed involved in going through the different platforms, and it can really be a nightmare. (laughs) I know for myself, I definitely had some difficulty playing it, and honestly, I've debated turning it into a drinking game. Like, you know the whole drunken gaming features we've done on the channel before, I'd love to get those videos back up, but... uh, Turning it into a drinking game with just the sheer amount of times you die if you're trying to collect every single coin in a level, this game would be a perfect fit for something like that. 
Now, that being said, the difficulty here is part of the design. So you can't really fault the game for it, because that's what it was made for. And while it is hard, it's not, like, break it down into rage levels of hard either. Like, I'm not going to go chuck my controller across the room with this game or something. I honestly found myself more laughing when I would die as opposed to getting frustrated about it. Because it'd be just this stupid little thing that would catch me, and then I'd have to do the whole level all over again. And that was what would happen here. Now, the reason I'm talking about Awesome P, and this is why I bring it up, last week, I go to our Keymailer service. Uh, Keymailer is a service for YouTubers and streamers, where basically developers can get you keys for games so that you can download them, play them on your channel, and get them some extra attention. But I go to Keymailer, and I see that we've got ourselves a new review game. And it's Awesome P2. Yep, we've got more Awesome P coming our way here. Peas and carrots, everybody. Peas and carrots. It's funny I bring... <laughs> we've been watching Dragon Ball Super lately, and every time I talk about Awesome P, I think about how... The uh, the dragon in Dragon Ball Super, you have to call him by saying peas and carrots at the end of the uh, requests for the wish. And I, I, it's just a dumb thing. I, I, I had to bring it up because peas and carrots. Anyway, I download this game, fired up the game last night, and I just couldn't get past the second level. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just absolute ridiculous difficulty to get past the second level. So in any case, Awesome P2 comes out June 2nd. Uh, I'll be giving it more of a go over the next week, the weekend here, and honestly, I should have more thoughts about it in our next episode. But first impressions here, more Game Boy-style graphics, more fast-paced levels, more frustratingly hard placement of things trying to kill me. It's more Awesome P. And we'll see it going next week. So that's about it on Awesome P and Awesome P2. When we get back, I'm going to be talking about a game making a return appearance on the podcast because we're going to wing back to Amazing Tales and its latest campaign. I'm Jeff Johnson. This is the new Game On Podcast. You know what they say when life hands you lemons. Do a barrel roll! And when you want to know about your favorite games, listen to Game On with Jeff Johnson. Hey, this is David Hayter. I'm the voice of Solid Snake. And you're watching Game On. So pay some damn attention. Game On, your new favorite podcast on today's drive to work. Mamma mia! We set high standards here. Here's Jeff. And we're back again. It is the new Game On podcast. I am Jeff Johnson. Talking to you once again on whatever source you're finding me, whether it be Anchor, whether it be Spreaker, whether it be a bajillion different podcast services, which I can thank Spreaker, uh, uh, Anchor for getting me onto all those. And of course, you can find us on youtube.com slash gameongnt. You can find us on the JJ Plays Everything blog and on Facebook, facebook.com slash gameongnt. Okay, last segment of the episode. We've talked about Amazing Tales on the podcast before, and the fun I've had playing this game with my kids. And if you don't know what this is, Amazing Tales is basically a role-playing game light. 
Uh, it's meant to be a game that you can play with kids. It's meant to be a game that can be played with people who don't have time to go through all the different stats and uh, numbers that are involved in, say, a Dungeons & Dragons or your other typical role-playing games. Uh, basically, all you need for this game are four dice, a character sheet where you draw your character and give it four skills, and away you go. Well, since the last time we were talking about this game, a new campaign of Amazing Tales has come out for people to pick up, and it's called Captain Cadaver's Treasure. It's the uh, second campaign that's been released separately for Amazing Tales. Uh, the last one that they released was uh, the Quest for the Dragon Crown, and basically what you got here is it's going to take players through a pirate adventure. And so for this game, uh, you're going to be sending players through an adventure across the seven seas. Each of those areas include their own ideas for adventures, and you also get to explore pirate strongholds, ancient jungle temples, uh, take on sea monsters, dinosaurs, and you also take on the villain of the piece named Captain Cadava. Now, I say you're going to do all these things, but it's very much a mental game, very much a imagination game, because when you're role doing a role-playing game, sort of like a Dungeons & Dragons and such, basically, you've got to rely on your mind to sort of fill in the gaps and the storytelling of the GM or the DM or however you want to refer it. In my case, I'm the one who leads the story, and my kids bring their characters, bring their dice, and sort of keep the game going. So... Looking at that, what you got here is a unique way to play this game. Because naturally, how you play this game is entirely up to you. Uh, you could use the materials in this campaign package to make up your own adventures for your kids. Or you can follow the campaigns provided. And from what I understand, you've got four adventures to work with. There's also puzzles, maps, tools, all part of the different... Uh, adventures that are included here, and the tools basically give you random encounters on an ocean adventure. So looking at that, there's plenty of options to work with, and if you want and you've done this story with your kids before, you can use the materials here to make more adventures that you can go on. And from what I've seen from this too, the art book in this one is great. Uh, very well done pictures to go with it. It can help sort of fuel the story, seeing the imagery there. And I also really like the fact that they've included a map to use, as that'll add to any Amazing Tales adventures that you plan to do, especially if you plan to take it out onto the high seas. Now, I picked this one up pretty quick because my kids have loved the Amazing Tales adventures, and I've been wanting to give them a whole new style of adventure to give a go as well. And my whole train of thought there, pirate ship adventures could be very interesting for them, so it should be a lot of fun. And again, I haven't had a chance to give this a field run with my kids yet, but I do feel this could be fun for them, and also for myself with leading the game. And also the price for this one. I, I gotta stress this, I cannot stress this enough. The price is definitely right. It's only $5 for this campaign through Drive-Thru RPG. Uh, all the Amazing Tales stuff is available through Drive-Thru RPG, including uh, some free one-page adventures that they've offered up there as well. So be sure to check that out. Amazing Tales, it's a fantastic game. And uh, definitely look into picking this one up if you've already been using the main Amazing Tales book. And expect more to come, as the maker of the game, Martin Lloyd, is still working on the big book of Amazing Tales, which, from what I understand, it should be done by the end of this summer. I don't know if COVID-19 affects anything there, or if it's caused any delays there, but we'll have to wait and see. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes from the big book. 
So in any case, that's everything we've got for this week. Uh, wrapping things up here. Uh, I've got a, a couple of things that I've got planned for this weekend and go ahead of the next episode. Like I said, I do want to tackle Awesome P2, and I'm hopefully going to get some Amazing Tales time in with the kids as well. Uh, hopefully you get some time with your family too this weekend as we finally make it into June. I'm Jeff Johnson, and this has been the New Game On Podcast. Thanks for listening. And you've been listening to the New Game On Podcast with Jeff Johnson. You can find more content from Game On on Facebook and on YouTube.com slash GameOnGNT. And don't forget to check us out on Spreaker for all your podcast needs. And next week, we start talking about the top 100 games I haven't played. No, wait, 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 wait. Please, please come back. I promise I'll be relevant. <laughs>